Welcome to the Holy Spirit's Curriculum of Joy podcast. My name is Wanaka Oberhuber, and I'm your host. My guest today is Karen Brailsford. Hi. Hi, Wanaka. Yeah, and you wrote a book called Sacred Landscapes of the Soul, right? I sure did. Yeah, and we'll go deeper into the, the book's topic. But first, I'd like to ask you, how did you move on to a spiritual path? Hmm. That's sort of a loaded question, I'm thinking. How did I move on to a spiritual path? Um, so I'm hesitating over the move on because it seems as if I didn't move on to it, but I was propelled onto it probably before inception and conception, meaning that it was always within me to, um, to seek to know what I call God, to seek to know that presence, to seek to have a direct relationship and an intimate relationship with God, the divine, the, the inner knower, the, the oneness. So, um, so that's the backstory. And so in terms of how I moved on, I always asked, I always questioned, I always wondered, how can I be close to God? Actually, that was always my New Year's revolution, uh, resolution each year, each December. As a kid, um, I grew up in a Baptist church. I always believed in God. I always believed in a higher power, in a presence. And I therefore sought to know it for myself. Mm -hmm. um, and that expressed itself as going to, going to this Baptist church and then attending a church during my college years and then ultimately ending up at Agape, my spiritual center in Los Angeles. Yeah, wow. So are you in any way... No, do you know A Course in Miracles? I'm familiar with it. A number of um, congregants and uh, members of Agape do study A Course in Miracles. And as you know, one of my good friends, Pamela Whitman, whom I believe you've had on your show, um, yes, she's indeed. the author of Yield to Joy, which is a fabulous, fabulous um, book that she um had always studied um, A Course in Miracles. When I met her, I believe she was studying it. And that was right when I arrived in Los Angeles in 1994. So um, I know of it. I know a little bit about it, but I haven't studied it. Okay. Yeah, because your your book does have a lot of um, ideas and thoughts that actually correspond with A Course in Miracles. Well, I would say that's because um, there is this... Uh, thread of connection and truth that um that unites many spiritual practices so yes um i do resonate with the course in miracles and actually it was with pamela that i would attend um lectures um given by marianne williamson and i've always resonated with her book return to love so and i understand i think it was a while before i realized that she was a course in miracles teacher and that was her mm -hmm. beginning so um without even giving it a label or name i did i did resonate with 
that particular book. So, yeah, wonderful. So let's get into the thick of your book. I I got to read a little bit of it because I only had it since two days. <laughs> <laughs> so, but I I could see that you have a thread through it. It's like going deeper and deeper, deep and deeper into recognizing who we are and what our place is. Right. It's mm, exactly it. Yeah, and the the symbolism of of landscapes is a very beautiful one because it allows you to go deeper and and actually have a map. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, I do believe we are on a journey um, in this lifetime and that ultimately we are being transported onto different landscapes, depending where we are emotionally, spiritually, psychologically, um, in any given moment in the day or any given moment or time or period in our lives. And so I did construct the book um, in terms of landscapes of this, what I call landscapes of the soul. Um, And so we navigate these different landscapes, whether it's the forest or the riverbank or the mountaintop, I actually define nine different landscapes. And so we um, are always um, implanted or planted in a given state of being or state of awareness. And we get to be present with what is within these various landscapes. We get to um, acknowledge and own how we're feeling, um, whether we are feeling um, as I described the forest, whether we are feeling that uh, hopeful and the idea that something wonderful and magnificent is coming or whether we're feeling indecisive, um, uh, which is the plateau, or we're feeling uh, a sense of connection and oneness, which is the very last landscape, that of vastness in which we just surrender to the wonder and awe and the love and the God presence and we just bask in it. So um, that was really, it was really fun for me to define these different landscapes um, and to, and to write from that place. Yeah. And you, you also speak of it flowing through you, right? So spirits speaking through you, right? Yes, yes, yes. Um, I've been asked, um, how did I set about writing this book? And actually every one of the pieces and there are 111 of them, which is one of my favorite numbers (laughs) says symbolizing, signifying oneness. One, 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 I actually see that number all the time and you can't see me, but um, I wear my hair in um, uh, locks, twists, dreadlocks. And at one point, several years ago, I counted them and I counted 111. So, (laughs) which is kind of a funny, which is a funny thing. Anyway, so um, yes, the idea is that what happened was the pieces came through me. And so most of the pieces are written in the second or um, um, the second person. um, And many are written in the third person. But um, some of the pieces came through as if, spirit itself 
as I define it, God in you and as you, that's the signature for these pieces. Some of those pieces came through me as if God was speaking directly to, to, uh, to me and ultimately uh, to the reader. Yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah, so do you have any tips or advice of how to allow this to happen? Because I know your book is full of them, so maybe you'd like to share some. Ah, here. how to allow, um, how to have one's own personal connection that way so that spirit is speaking through yes. you? Hmm, that's a, yes, that's a wonderful question. No one's asked me that. I love it. Um, well, I don't, I, again, I hesitate over the word advice because I don't like to give advice, but I can share what my experience was. Um, first of all, um, it started with a desire, right? I wanted to, as I said earlier, always wanted to have that connection to spirit. And so I've always been a writer as well since I was very young. I've always enjoyed writing in my diary, uh, you know, which my very first one I had when I was eight, one of my mother's uh, dear friends gave me this old fashioned diary with the lock and the key and it was pink. And so I would write in that. So I've always journaled and I find that for me, journaling and letting the words flow through me um, is a way that I connect to spirit. So first again, um, having that desire, wanting to, to, to um, know the presence, wanting to know whatever you call it. You notice I call it God. I also call it divine intelligence. I call it spirit. So I'm using those words interchangeably. I know for some people, the word God is loaded. Um, but I like, I like that word God, as I say in the introduction of my book, it's my go-to. Anyhow, so first having um, a desire to know it. And I find that that's 100% of it. I really believe that if you have that desire, there is no way that you cannot connect with it. Now that connection is going to show up um, differently and ind individually and uniquely and dynamically for everyone, for each person. Um, and, and so I connect through the writing. Um, I'm actually, I was actually writing a piece this morning, a new piece that I'm submitting to Agape's magazine, Inner Visions. And I actually tend to write on my iPhone in the notes app and I just, it just flows through me. Um, that's how I write. But I also believe that um, this intelligence spirit speaks through everyone in different ways. It may not show up as a writing. It may not show up as a voice. I've heard a voice per se, um, but that it might show up as just an, an idea or a suggestion to head left as opposed to right. I think that spirit is always broadcasting, always communicating, and it shows up in synchronicity. I like to call myself the queen of synchronicity because so many funny coincidental things happen all the time. Um, I believe that's the spirit speaking. I believe that's the connection. Um, I think it shows up for me in song lyrics that sometimes I will uh, I'll be in the middle of doing something not at all related to music and a song will pop into my head and which will send me to Google to find out, wait, what are those lyrics? What's the message here? So I believe that 
the universe, God is constantly streaming messages and it's always very unique. It might show up as, um, you know, a license plate, <laughs> you know, when you're driving down the road and you see something, a sign that catches your attention, um, it shows up as numbers. It shows up. So I believe that's, those are all ways that the universe or God is communicating with one. And I have a dear friend. I remember years ago, she had said to me because she was aware that I connect directly to spirit that way. She always wanted um, to have that connection. And once she and I started talking about it and, and, and I would share stories about it, she started to hear it for herself. So I really do believe that it's given to all of us. It shows up. Um, I have a dear friend, another dear friend who um, since receiving sacred landscapes of the soul, I guess it's probably less than a week, but she's been texting me or calling me every day to say that you won't believe what happened. I took the book, I opened it, and it landed on this particular passage. And I had just been thinking about, you know, this particular situation in my life. And so um, that is so affirming for me, because I really do believe that, um, that books and words um, and communication, especially in this case, where it came through me, that it has an energy, and that it's living and breathing. And so it's so... Um, affirming for me to hear, um, you know, testimonies that when they pick up the book and they turn to a particular page, it's speaking to them directly. Because I know that um, I was a conduit or a vehicle for, for this awareness and for this knowledge, and it's coming through me, and, um, and that those who are receptive to receiving it will receive it. So it's very dynamic and exciting, and, it, and it's just so... I can't, I can't stress enough how affirming it is to, to have her call me and text me every morning and say, this is what happened with your book. Yeah, well, that's nice. Yeah. So, so you'd say the, the connection is there and it's for us to recognize. Exactly. Exactly. Um, it's not necessary to beseech for, you know, to beseech to plead for it. I think it's there and it's really about our, our recognizing it and seeing it for ourselves. And of course there are ways of, um, of, I guess, approaching that and recognizing it such as, you know, reading and, and, and studying and, and, um, whatever that might look like to you, you know, whether that looks like, um, you know, A Course in Miracles, for instance, or it might look like, you know, going to agape, or it might look like, you know, yoga, or it might look like trekking through a forest. I just believe that this presence is everywhere presence. And so you really can't go anywhere and not bump into it. Um, if you're willing, if you want to see it, if you want to connect with it, it's there, it's there, it's there, it's there. Yeah, what do you say to the thought that that the body and the world is within you? Mm, the body and the world is within you. I always go to, when you say that, do you mean that um, spirit is within you? I always say that uh, this presence is an inner presence, that it's all around us and that we, um, that it is seeking us, you know, even as we seek it and that there is nothing that is not um God, there is nothing that is not this presence. So in answer to your question, I would have to say, well, that makes 
perfectly good sense to me because yes, everything is part of this, of this powerful energy and dynamic. And so we're part of it. It's part of us. And so, yes, um, it makes sense that the inner world and would be within us and God would be within us because it's all, it's all one. Yeah. Because, because in the course of miracles, we, we have the thought that um, the world is a projection of sin. Mm. Mm. And so, so our, our learning device, the body is, for instance, just for communication. Its only purpose is communication because communication joins. It reminds of us of our oneness. Mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. And so, so what I'm hearing you say is that we are not, we are not our bodies. Is that what you're saying then? That we are not... Mm-hmm. Yes. That that completely I resonate with that as well. That we are so much more than this, and so that the body becomes a tool. It's an instrument to to connect. Yes, yes that 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 definitely um, resonates with yeah, with so, my beliefs. So yes, yeah, so it's it's our our purpose is to be happy, of mm-hmm. course, and forgiveness is the way to, mm-hmm. to happiness. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You use the word sin. And so, um, you know, growing up in the Baptist church, there was definitely a, a, a pretty um, defined way of, sin, of describing what sin was. Um, in my beliefs now, which ascribe to New Thought beliefs, beliefs um, sin is really, I guess you might even say, miscommunication. The idea that um, I'm going to follow your your thread um, miscommunication in that sin is um, confused thought or misunderstanding, and that and the ultimate misunderstanding is thinking that we're not connected to God. Does that resonate with you? Yes. The idea that we're separate from God. Um, so. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's that's exactly what a course in miracles. Exactly. Says. So what I'm. That we're not mm-hmm, separate, mm-hmm. and it's the belief that we are, or could be separate, that is is actually bugging us. <laughs> this is, and I think um, I believe there's a word, um, as I've heard it stated. There's a word. The word sin actually means mixed up, crazy thoughts. The idea that it's just it's miscommunication that we can't be separate from this oneness from from the divine that we're a part of it. Um, this is a very exciting conversation for me to have with you because what I'm seeing is, and what I'm hearing as we speak is this thread of connection. And wouldn't it be wonderful if we could always find the commonalities, um, in terms of whether it's religion or, or politics or, or our, our reasons for, for being on the planet that we were able to focus and hone in on what unites us. Yes. Yeah. Ultimately, mm-hmm. we are one. So, so it's the recognition of that. So, it's actually denying the idea that we could be mm-hmm. separate, and and remembering that mm-hmm. we are one. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. That seems to be the message for these times. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, so your your book is is there to help us remember who mm-hmm. we are, right? 
So what, what, what stages or how did you do it? Or what do you have examples from your life? How mm. Examples of how I remembered who I was. Um, <laughs> yes. It's funny. What came to mind was maybe a couple instances when I didn't remember who I was. So that in itself is a, um, is a, a journey, right? That's a path. When you, when you yeah. don't remember who you are, ultimately you're being uh, reminded of who you are. So again, I like to always say like all roads lead to this presence, all roads lead to, to, um, to recognizing and to remembering who we are. So let me think of a particular example. Um, I remember, yes, well, I, I mentioned how I'd grown up in this, in this particular church. And then in college at Yale, I attended um, what was called Black Church. I believe it still is called Black Church at Yale. And it was really wonderful, wonderful music. Um, you know, every Sunday morning we could um, come together and um, it just helped me, it helped me in terms of, you know, a stressful, the stresses of dealing with writing papers and the day-to-day existence of being on a college campus. And so, um, but I remember at one point I became a little bit disillusioned with it. Um, and I remember having a conversation with my mom. I actually can see myself where I was and talking to her on the phone and saying, Oh, I don't know about this. And she said, well, and she was, she was advising me to stick with it because basically some church was better than no church. Um, but at one point I decided that I really didn't want to go to a church. I remember feeling very much at home um, gardening or very much at home meditating or very much at home centered within myself, listening to to music and being transported to that place where I could connect with spirit. Um, so it's not so much that I didn't remember who I was maybe I um because I think I think there are multiple ways to remember who you are I think that we're always being called forth that way um but perhaps I wasn't um on a on hmm even as I say this I have to correct myself because <laughs> and that happens to me a lot I'll be I want to say something and it's me thinking from my brain and all of a sudden it's as if spirit is course correcting my thoughts so that's happening right now as as I speak with you I was going to say that um well maybe I needed to be on a more direct path and what came the correction came immediately just now which is that well actually um your path is your path and there's no such thing as a direct path it's just the path it's almost as if you, you can't you you can't um get off the path so which makes me wonder and I'm literally thinking aloud (laughs) as you and I are talking like well does that mean that one can't one can never forget your question was to give you examples of when I didn't remember and I'm thinking well is that even possible for one not to remember maybe not in a conscious human way but ultimately you know if we are endowed with all of the the magnificence and the dynamism of spirit, if we're all of it, then how can we really forget? Maybe to the human eye, to human mind, it looks as if we forget. Maybe it looks as if we've fallen off the path. But actually, if everything is always leading you straight to this connection anyway, um, 
then who is to, how can one deny that, you know, any experience is going to enhance that connection when you feel it in a very palpable way, that any experience is going to enrich you um, and enrich those who are around you who get to benefit from your own experiences when you share it, whether it's because they're family or friends or, you know, you're in a spiritual center. So ultimately, what I'm coming to right now as I think aloud and speak to you right now is that, well, how can one really ever forget? I think maybe it just seems to be, it appears that we forget, but we can't ultimately forget. Yeah, that, that corresponds to what A Course in Miracles mm. says about it, that, it's a, that you cannot completely um, mm-hmm. deny it. Mm-hmm. It's not possible. Mm-hmm. What is possible is to completely ah, say yes. To say yes. Mm-hmm. So, to, to, yes. to who we are, right? That is possible yes. to love, right? Love is com- can be com- complete. Hate mm-hmm. can't. You can never mm. go the full way. Because it's mm, not possible. Beautiful. Beautiful. So, so yes, and the outcome is certain. Of course, in miracles, says the mm-hmm, outcome is certain. Mm-hmm. So there, there, like you said, you can't get off the path from reality, right? Right. right. It might appear that way. <laughs> it might appear that others around us aren't on that path, but ultimately, all roads lead to it. Well, yeah, it's, it says mm-hmm. you're already there, right? So it's, it's mm. actually, and one of the thoughts in A Course in Miracles is to remove the blocks to the awareness of love's presence. Mm. Yes, yes. And once we remove the, the blocks, we're, we remember that we're already it. We realize again, we exactly. get to re-remember. Maybe there's a remembering, a, a coming yeah. together to um, uh, an alignment. I use the word alignment in my... Um, subtitle which is aligning with the divine wherever you are um and so yes i i can see how my book is very much in alignment with with the course of miracles because i am yes i am (laughs) offering that even if you feel constricted and unsure and you know not with it and 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 um and confused that regardless of where you are you can align with this presence you can choose again, mm. of course, Miracles says. Yes. You can always choose again. And and according to A Course in Miracles, there's no such thing as sin. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Sin is impossible. Error, errors can be corrected. Powerful, powerful. So yes, we, we are of one mind. And we like to say that yeah. as well in my um, spiritual center. There is only one mind. <laughs> so it makes sense that yes. uh you know that um that so many of these principles that they that they echo or that they are in alignment because there is only this one mind and it ma- and therefore it would make sense that someone on one side of the globe could come up with some scientific discovery that another individual on the opposite end of the globe is coming up with at the same time i guess i'm thinking about this because some announcements were made today about um, the Nobel, uh, uh, about some awards with regards to physics. Um, and so the idea that scientific discoveries could be, um, if you believe in the one mind, so there's this energy and this brilliance that's just radiating and broadcasting. And then, and then different individuals are able to like, you know, 
pour out their, you know, <laughs> I guess put out their hat or their or their bowl and collect some of that information. And so it makes sense that there be this replication of people coming up with ideas that are similar, even though they themselves haven't been in direct connection, but they're in connection because there is this one mind, this one intelligence. Yeah, we're all thinking with the same mm-hmm, mind. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it makes it very difficult to to understand the idea of individuality when you think of us thinking with the same mind. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, I think we can say, that... I guess, isn't it that one, um, I mean, I'm fond of saying, we're fond of saying, at my spiritual center that we are unique emanations of of it so we're all unique um but we're all expressions of this divine and of course in miracles we are all equal mm-hmm. and we are all infinitely valuable mm-hmm. in the mind mm-hmm. of god and the only reason why we appear different is because we have special functions as long as we are dreaming ah i love that but once you're in heaven, we are all doing everything. Everything is happening in us. How do you so define heaven? Once. Heaven, in a course in miracles, is is um, yeah. How do you explain it? We are. It's it, you are one. You are one with the creator. You are recognize the creator as the as your creator, right? And you recognize yourself as the child mm-hmm. of God. And it's all, and all of all capabilities. Everyone has yes, everything. Yes, yes. And, and as long as we're dreaming, because that's what A Course in Miracles says we're doing, right, when we are experiencing ourselves as separate, right, or thinking mm-hmm. we're separate, right, yeah, as long as that is, the, the, yeah, we are allowed to have, we have these special functions, in the plan for salvation and that's where this that where the difference is i see coming. i see i see powerful really powerful thank you yeah. so so ultimately we're not mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But, but as long as we're dreaming there's going to be multiple teachers right even though there's only one teacher right multiple faces of the teacher that is the holy spirit in our course of miracles this is all very exciting isn't it it's very exciting to to uh to be in the body to be in form in the form and to experience all of this to experience life in all of its um variety and 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 I, I suppose as you speak, I'm just, I'm just reminded of just what a gift and what a blessing it is to be alive in the body with, with its challenges. Yeah. As long as we're in the dream, we have a special function and that's what makes us mm-hmm, happy. Mm-hmm, that's, mm-hmm. So. <laughs> So accepting that function is is very very important, and recognizing it in every moment, as you say. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. 
would you like to expand on some of your um you called it the last landscape where you had you have experiences of oneness mm. yes i had that experience uh when my daughter was born um she turns 22 at the very end of this month but um that was probably the most um one of the most um uh, dynamic um beautiful realizations of this oneness and so what happened was that um i'd had to have a planned c-section and i was given drugs i must admit and right away <laughs> right away i felt these presences in the room there was my doctor bending over me and there was my husband and um but i felt all of these energies and i remember as i was kind of drifting in and out of being conscious this sense that oh my mother who had who had transitioned um let's see that would have been the year before that she was in the room and that her mother was in the room and that there were there was all of this all of this love and female energy in the room and then i was transported to a mountaintop and gathered in a circle were dozens of women and each was carrying a bundle they were dressed in these flowing gowns and they were each carrying a bundle and i was aware that the bundles were uh children babies newborns and then the sense was that i was now joining this circle so i had this sense that i was part of something bigger than myself that i was part of this community this female energy this this feminine energy um and that um i would never be the same again that indeed i was one with all of life if you would have it so that was um a very palpable um awareness that i had experienced this vastness that i experienced this this oneness that i was part of this ocean um that i was a part of i was a drop in the ocean but that i was all of the ocean um that i was it in the microcosm as well as it in the macrocosm um and that's a very tender tender memory tender moment for me as you can well imagine But I think that those kinds of moments are available, not necessarily when one is physically giving birth, but that that these moments can be found um, in the smallest of moments, so to speak, um, that in any given day that one can access this sense of oneness. I feel it when I am meditating or I feel it sometimes... Um, oh, I just remembered um, taking a hike, and as I was entering, um, I remember the the terrain here in California, and the terrain was really dry, that the trees were really dry, um, and as I, it was almost as if I crossed this threshold, there were trees on the left, trees on the right, at this kind of like dusty, dusty path, and I felt as if I was passing under this um, archway, um, and I felt that the trees were alive. 
I definitely feel that sense of oneness and communion um, with trees, with specific trees sometimes. I remember there was a tree in an old neighborhood of mine that I would invariably have to touch the trunk as I walked by and pause because it felt so alive for me and I felt so connected to this particular tree. So, um, and I remember having that same sensation. I believe I was, I was in London at the time. I think I was in a garden and I had that same sensation, uh, same sensation of oneness and connection with this, with this massive tree. So I do believe that these moments of oneness that, that they're available, that they are, um, if only we see them. I mean, it, it might just be, I felt it with strangers. I remember um, once waiting to get into a store, I believe it was, and it hadn't opened up yet. And I sat down on the bench and there was this woman next to me. Um, and we didn't say that much to one another, um, but there was this sense of like, oh, I know her. And um I was meant to sit down next to her, that there was this connection, that we were part of something, that we had a divine appointment. So I feel that a lot with individuals um, whom I meet, whether they end up being my soul sisters, like um, Pamela Whitman, the author of Yield to Joy, or strangers that I see, we our eyes might connect, you know, I'm driving and I happen to look onto the sidewalk and I see someone. Um, I believe those moments of connection are probably um, ceaseless and endless if we're open to them. Mm -hmm. yeah. Let's see. I, I wanted to throw in the thought from the Course in Miracles that that we don't know what. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and also the thought that um, things that come up, we, we often mistake them, right? We don't realize what is a really good thing and what is a bad thing. We don't know. We don't really mm. know. And so I, I'd like, maybe you would like to look at the, the moments when you thought something was really awful and then it turned out to be a absolutely absolutely nice. i think one of my pieces addresses that um i love the idea that we don't know what something really means um that happens to me all the time i think that's what was happening earlier during our conversation in which i started to say something and then it's almost as if there's a, a correction that happens i find that especially these days when we want to weigh in on the political landscape or whatever is happening around us, I find that also when I'm talking to someone and I might have an idea, a friend, for instance, yesterday I was talking with her and she was sharing some an issue that was transpiring with her and she was very stressed about it. And sometimes I'll say the human Karen in her brain wanted to say, oh, well, what about this and what about that? But even as I was about to suggest something, offer an interpretation, i.e. a judgment, right away I know, well, well, this is just my thought about it. This is not the truth about it. This is just my idea of what's happening. This is not really what's happening. So do I need to even say this? Do I need to even offer up an opinion? Um, 
And I say that in one of my pieces. Um, I know at one point I do, or Spirit said through me, like, let go of your opinions and judgments. Because as you say, we don't really know what something means anyway. Um, and sometimes, it, or most times, most often, oftentimes it's really just about um, being present with the experience of it and not necessarily judging it. You talked about good and bad, and I'm thinking, well, is there such a thing as good and bad? There's, there, there's this thing happening um, that's presenting itself, and what if I were to refrain from judging it, as you say, as good or bad? Because ultimately, things that one might think are, are bad, that they, that there's always a blessing in every situation. And I'm very careful um, and mindful of not offering this up to, to individuals when they are in the midst of crisis. No one wants to hear, well, hey, you know, there's a blessing in this. I think um, it's very important to be um, compassionate and to be, um, and to meet people where they are. Um, and as a spiritual practitioner, that is, that is my, my task, my joy, my, my charge is to just be present with what is and to hold the space and allow people to, to vent and judge and cry and to, and to, and to feel. And, and from there they get to, um, they get to grow deeper and they get to have their own aha moments. And as I say, in one of my pieces, tada moments from aha to tada, um, in which, in the beginning, you are having this realization like, oh, wow, that's what this is about. And the tada moments are when you're aware of this presence, God saying, hey, look what I've created. Hey, look at you. And, and it's like, tada, the way a magician might say tada. Um, so, yes, I think, uh, I think there are so many moments in which we get to remember who and whose we are, it's important. Mm. Yeah. Hey, you also, I see the thought, you know, that all is happening mm. for our good yes. without exception. I think you mentioned that in your book as well. And it's also mm -hmm. a thought, mm -hmm. of course, in there. That no matter what it looks like, um, there's something good. And I, and yes. I, you know, I'm, I'm one of those people. I'm, I'm sometimes when things happen, I'm like, okay, there's got to be something good in this, but I might not be feeling it right now, but I am open. I am willing to be willing to see the good in it. Um, and sometimes I think through spiritual practice, um, meditation, reading, prayer, um, you know, listening to good music, um, that one, that the gap narrows sometimes that the gap between, Oh my God, what's happening here to, ah, wow. Look at that. That maybe the gap um, becomes a little decreases a little bit. Um, or maybe there is no gap. Maybe one can have an experience that feels to the human um, being that you are. This feels terrible. This feels awful. And then perhaps in that same moment, you can also feel the good and the blessing. Um, wouldn't that be something? Wouldn't that be something? 
Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Allow that mm-hmm. to dissipate the anger, the fear, the, the yes thing, right? That it can that you can actually allow it to dissipate as it's happening and still allow it to happen. Absolutely, right? without, judging. without judging. That's the key. That's bad. Yeah. Absolutely. That can be quite challenging, right? Because you can be, because you're mm-hmm, in the midst mm-hmm, of being mm-hmm. judgmental. You're feeling, this feels bad. You know, this feels really painful so, and I don't like it. So, yes. Yeah, you might even mm-hmm, be accusing mm-hmm. someone of something. Right? right. Or yourself, right? And still to, to, to allow it to, to unfold in its magnificent yes. way, right? Yes, yes. I think think one of the significant tones in your your book is to to allow mm-hmm, things to be mm-hmm. what they without, are without without judging without judging and um, yeah, which I think can be challenging because you know we go to schools that teach us to um, define things in a certain way, to categorize things in a certain way, to interpret things in a certain way, to analyze, to, um, and to judge. Um, but the idea of just being present with what is and to allow the feelings or ideas or thoughts about it to, to bubble up and then perhaps to, um, to dissipate or to move through or to transmute, to give things, experiences, space. I like the idea of space, the idea that I see myself and others um, that I'm actually creating this, um, this area around a situation. Like I physically like to envision a particular situation um, or challenge. And I sometimes envision putting it on an altar or I envision um, it being covered in light or I envision a particular person as being, um, I sometimes create this sort of bubble of maybe it's, you know, 12 inches and then it expands and let it expand and expand and expand. So I am literally creating space around a person or something. And I like to do that with my own self, the idea that I'm, I'm just giving myself room to, to breathe. And therefore, to remember. Um, and I think there's something about not acting upon a thought or a situation or an idea of, again, allowing space and allowing time to um, make things clearer so that we can um, handle a particular situation. I think there's this idea that, oh, someone says something to you that we have to respond. And I'm not, I'm not saying that I don't do that sometimes, <laughs> but I really feel that there's a charge to just to allow space, just to not act upon something today, um, to not make that phone call to this particular person or to deal with a particular situation and give it time and space to breathe so that we are clearer, that we are grounded, and therefore we can um, bring our 
bring our love to it, I suppose, right? That's what we ultimately want to do, bring our love to any given scenario. Yeah, and of course, in miracles, we um, mm, stated so? in the opposite way. It says bringing ah. illusions to truth. or so, And it says if you bring love to the world, that doesn't work because the world mm. um, is an illusion. So it, it just I goes see. into illusion. I see, I see. It doesn't do anything. But if you bring the illusion, so, so bring the world to truth, to love, then then something happens. So the, uh-huh. the miracle happens. The miracle, yes. Right? Be, mm-hmm. uh, truth. <laughs> truth sets itself. Um, um, and re, uh, um, how do you say? The Holy Spirit reinterprets oh. everything for you. And the, and the Holy Spirit is one, one uh-huh, from uh-huh. the right mind, or the Christ mind, or her. Yeah. So that's in us, right? The ability to allow this part, this that this true self or this part of us that knows everything, right? To oh. reinterpret things, and then there's no reason to judge yes. or to be angry. So there's no actual reason to be angry, even if we think. Wow, so. I love that. <laughs> but I love how you also laughed when you said it too. <laughs> it's like, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, because yes. <laughs> I'm challenged. Too, I, I got that. I got that. I, you know, <laughs> like like everyone laugh. else. Like, oh yes, this is what this is what's being called for. Then we know it, and yet it can be challenging. <laughs> yes, indeed. <laughs> and but I'm, how wonderful that we can giggle and laugh at it, right? <laughs> yeah, it's yes, getting yes, easier yes, to laugh yes. at it. That's progress. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. so yeah that's also one of the things that of course in miracle speaks of is that that we forgot mm-hmm. to laugh mm-hmm. and that's how the the world came about well, that's, per- oh, that's perfect i um happened. i attended a latcha yoga class yesterday <laughs> last night which is it's so much cool. fun to laugh especially <laughs> now and to um and it's easy to laugh. We really, it's easier than one might think. That's what I came away from that class. Cool. Yeah. Yes. So I'd like to ask you another question. Where do you see the, the, the benefits of connecting science mm. and spirituality? Well, I don't know. There should be a separation. Is there a separation? I think... Uh, we like to think there's a separation, but I think that they that they work together in tandem because there is only this one thing happening, this one mind, this Holy Spirit. So um, science and spirituality, maybe it should be science, spirituality, maybe combine those words, combine the letters together to to um, to show how they aren't separate, that they that they do work in tandem harmoniously, dynamically. Yeah, yeah I, I like to mm-hmm, see it as mm-hmm. just which is what we, Which is what we're seeing in our conversation um, right now as we talk about A Course in Miracles and I speak about, you know, my beliefs or, or um, the book and the languaging we're using 
seemingly maybe different languages to say the same thing. That's what, that's what I'm, that's what I'm learning from this powerful discussion. Yeah. So it's, it's very, that's Mm -hmm, why communication mm -hmm, is so mm -hmm. important, right? Because we, each one of us speaks multiple languages and understands multiple languages. And that's, that's why, you know, you're, you're, depicting it as landscapes right also describes that just like a chakra system describes it too when you're in one chakra you see everything in one way right and you're in the other one you see it in another way Mm -hmm. these Mm -hmm. are just different languages so true yeah so the oneness language is one language yeah sure and and in and then if you translate it into English, you might have very different languages within English yes. that can describe it. The scientific, a scientific language, maybe from anthropology or from mm-hmm. from math or from physics mm-hmm. or whatever, right? So these are all different languages, but all those languages can yes, speak of absolutely. Oneness. Yeah, so that's fascinating. <laughs> <laughs> so what? I don't. I can't speak of oneness in the mathematical language all too right. much. I don't know it well enough for that, right? But I'm sure a, a great mathematician or someone who knows the language really well. Can. Which is why it's so amazing just to contemplate the, you know, how many billions of us are on the planet and how we are unique each uniquely designed to express and to reveal the presence mm-hmm. yeah to, to be the present yeah and one, another thought from A Course in Miracles we, we are all each other's Ooh, savior How do I practice being one? Well, it seems like by, first of all, remembering that we are all one. And so, you know, what, what impacts me impacts you, what impacts you impacts me because there is no other, there is no other happening. There is only this oneness. Yes. Hmm. Yeah, also another yes. thought, giving is receiving. Absolutely, absolutely. But do you find, don't you find that, um, I know at times, there have been times when I've had a hard time receiving, um, and that's been my stretch. Um, sometimes I find it easier to give than to receive, and and I guess this is reminding me of how critical and how important it is to, to be as um, gentle with ourselves as we can, to be gentle with our own beings because once we've mastered that we can really become gentle with others right yeah gentleness is is one of the main characteristics Mm -hmm. of a teacher of god yeah or of god of the creator yeah so yeah (laughs) 
<laughs> it feels better, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. like to to see these conversations as a as a yeah we could also describe it as a portal to to see yes. ourselves and seeing the the fact that we are all infinitely loved and infinitely valuable and mm-hmm. yeah walking each other home yes 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 um (laughs) if you if you would be agreeable i would love to read one of my pieces because you just touch i i picked up the book and opened it to this particular piece and it happens to be the final piece so um and it touches on what you just said so we are now um in the landscape of surrender Um, our vastness and the piece is called look Mm -hmm. homeward angel and the quotation or epigraph says you cannot discover new territories unless you are surrendered enough trusting enough brave enough to lose sight of the shore and that was written by Andre Gide so look homeward angel allow a sense of place to anchor you This place does not have a particular longitude or latitude. It does not know north from south or east from west. It is both near and far. It is beyond the horizons and beyond the beyond. Your true home encompasses diverse landscapes from forest, plateau, tundra, valley, riverbank, garden, ocean, mountaintop to vastness, You will find solace in all of them. Every landscape beckons and has riches for you to excavate. Insight, wonder, ecstasy. It is not the destination that matters so much as the joy you express as you make your way home. And to home you will inevitably return. Whether you are a believer or a non-believer, whether you pray, meditate, or medicate, Home to where we emerge with the essence of who we truly are. Home to where we resonate with the music of the spheres and feel every atom, every strand of DNA, every feather, every leaf. We tremble in anticipation of the glory we are and have always been. We bow down and the entire universe kneels at our feet. This pilgrimage is for those who are willing to massage their own hearts into a deep abiding love. We go gentle into our own human existence, forgiving ourselves for forgetting our divinity and our dignity. We forgive everyone we meet, judge, criticize, and chastise. We learn to love. It is only then that we remember the soft sounds of our mother's wombs. Only then can we recreate the moment in which we came to inhabit the body sequestering our souls within human form, limbs, organs, blood, marrow, muscle. We luxuriate in the memory of love becoming life and life becoming love. Life is unfolding 
and we are unfolding along with it. Home at last. And then um, with each piece, I include a peak speaker affirmation. And this particular one says, I relish and cherish every encounter, every experience, every landscape of my soul. Life is always carrying me home. So I feel like this conversation um, certainly has uh, been carrying me home. <laughs> yes. Wonderful. Yeah. So life, and of course, yes, the miracle of life is something that is eternal. So, so what, what we are experiencing and calling life like the mm -hmm. body and the world, that's not what life is. Life is, is something totally different than that. Mm -hmm. It's actually mm -hmm. eternal and always the same. Yes, yes. Always, always fresh. fresh. That's a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> mm -hmm. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, is there anything else you'd like to add that I may have not asked or you'd like to share and can also share how one yes um thank you um i just want to say thank you to you and to the listeners and i'm so honored to be in conversation with you about this this has been a very powerful dialogue so um you can uh, find more about uh, sacred landscapes of the soul on my website karen com, and um through the website you can get to all of my social media activities. I'm on, I'm on Instagram and Facebook and I'm just wishing you and everyone um, abundant blessings and thanks. Yeah, thank you, Karen, for coming on the podcast. And I really am certain that our listeners will thank have you. a wonderful time with it and be able to Wonderful. Thank you so much for having about. me. Yeah. Yeah, you're welcome. And Till next time. Till we meet again. Till next time. Bye-bye. Yes. Bye-bye. <laughs>